That's how it all gets started here at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy. Just one drink. Welcome to Cross the Line 1524. We're recording with a live audience as usual. Sit back, relax, and join Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, and myself, Alan Stanger, for the Common Man's Podcast. Cross the Line 1524. Well, we're here with Cross the Line 1524, and we've got a call-in guest all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, Mr. Music City, USA. Yeah, introduce yourself <laughs> to everybody. Hey, everybody, it's Eddie Heinzelman from Nashville. There you go. So last week in our podcast, we had Cat Campbell on talking about the Columbia Street Music District, and the headliner is going to be Eddie. So I reached out to Eddie this week, thought we'd have him on the podcast. Uh, some people probably remember him uh, locally. He grew up here and ends up in Nashville. So I know you graduated in 1988, if I recall correctly. That is correct. So how? What? Explain how you went from Franklin County in 1988 to Nashville in 2022. <laughs> well, um, right after high school, I went to the University of Cincinnati. And I, uh, I got into the Conservatory of, of Music there, the College Conservatory of Music. Graduated in 1993 from CCM. And at that point, I had, I had played all kinds of stuff. You know, I was, in, I was in high school band, and I played drums, and people know me as a drummer in high school, but uh, I also played guitar in, in, like, rock bands and everything. I got my degree in jazz guitar performance. And um, at that point in my life, I, I was trying to figure out, you know, what was the next move? Um, where do you where do you go with this now that you have a performance degree? And what I really wanted was to write songs. Um, and that goes all the way back to, you know, when I first started playing electric guitar. What what drew me to uh, guitar was uh, performers, you know, um, Roy Clark and Jimmy Page and guys like that doing, you know, guitar solos, but also uh, musicians who, who wrote songs. And so I really wanted to get into writing. And at that point, it was like, you know, you had to go to what we refer to as a major music city, which was, you know, New York, L.A., Chicago or Nashville. Those were kind of the major major music centers uh, in the '90s, and um, I was I've been playing country music as well, even though I was in rock bands since I was a teenager. And I thought, you know, what I really want to do is I want to write songs, like you know, in that vein of, of Steve Earle and Radney Foster and Guy Clark and Rodney Crowell, and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so that's what led me to Nashville. That's awesome. Awesome. So uh, you mentioned uh, Radney Foster. I know you've played a lot of, uh, spent a lot of time sharing music with Radney Foster. So how did that all come about? Man, that's a, that's a wild story. So 
you know, I I get here to Nashville in the in the mid '90s, and you know, just just playing around and, and playing in bands and writing songs with a, a ton of different people, meeting everyone. But let's fast forward because it's around, golly, 2012, 2013 when I get a text from a friend of mine, uh, a, um, a great musician and a girl that I had written songs with and performed with. Uh, her name's Jessica Ray. And one day Jessica texts me and says, can you fly to Texas and play two shows with Radney Foster? And I immediately just answered yes. I didn't check a calendar. <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. You know, I didn't see what what other commitments I had going on. I just sent back yes. And um, so I, I flew to Texas. Yeah, flew to Dallas. Uh, I played a show. Jessica was playing with Radney at the time, and uh, like I said, I I had worked with her. And so I flew to Dallas and I played a show. We played a trio show, me and Jessica and Radney. And then we played a full band show um, with the rest of his band who were who were folks in uh, Austin. And then I flew back to Nashville. The shows went great. You know, it was a lot of fun. And I flew back to Nashville and that was it. I didn't I didn't hear from anybody after the shows. And I thought Okay, well, I got to I got to play with Randy Foster. Check check mark. Check mark yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, put it on the resume. There yeah. you go. And um, and it was like four months later, I got another text from Radney's uh, manager, who said, "Can you fly to Texas and play four more shows with Radney?" And I, I mean, you know, said yes, absolutely. And so after that string of shows, we played those four shows uh, on the way to the airport. Um, after that fourth show, Rad was like, "The gig's yours if you want it." Cool. And so I've been there ever since. Cool, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. So when did you start doing? I know you you've played with other musicians as well. Why don't you wow the, our listeners and you know give us a rundown who all of you you got had the opportunity to play with? Oh boy. Well. Um, I guess this goes back to again, kind of the mid uh, mid two thousands, two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. I hooked up with an artist named uh, Billy Yates, and Billy's a songwriter. Everybody knows Billy's songs. Um, he wrote a song called "Choices" that George Jones recorded um, and won a Grammy for. He wrote. Um, he had a hit. Billy had his own hit with a song called "Flowers." He wrote, "I don't need your rocking chair." another george jones oh, yeah. hit yeah um and he uh songs for sarah evans and kenny chesney i mean bunch of songs well i had started playing with with billy in 2008 and that led to me working with um it sort of gave me enough exposure i guess i, I hate to use the word exposure but that i've started meeting all these different other artists and so, um, kind of a similar thing with Julie Roberts. I, I started playing with Julie Roberts because there was a benefit show in Nashville and she didn't have a guitar player. And so I just volunteered. I said, I'll play guitar for you. And uh, 
learned her songs, played the show, and then played with her for four years. Um, and then through through all of these connections, you know, that's the that's the way Nashville is. It's it's a um, you meet all these different people. I got to perform with uh, Jeannie Seeley from the Grand Ole Opry, uh, Jim Ed Brown, Gene Watson, um, George Dukas, uh, Trent Tomlinson, uh, let's see, <laughs> um, Daryl Worley, um, golly. So a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I saw yeah, exactly. you, you doing some stuff with Jimmy Fortune uh, from the Statler Brothers. Did I see that right? Yeah, absolutely. That's what yeah, I thought, was, yeah. Um, and so so also with Billy, you know, because I'm, I'm writing and he's writing and, and I'm playing guitar for Billy and um, we did a show together. It was um, I, Billy and Jimmy. Um, we went in and did this big show where, you know, the, I was the leader of the band and Billy came out and played a set. Jimmy came out and played a set and then they came out and played together, you know? Um, so I'd worked with Jimmy quite a bit, uh, Jeff Bates. Um, and then, and then similarly with, with Radney, um, you know, I've gotten to work with Jack Ingram and Kelly Willis who I love dearly. She's wonderful. Uh, Dina Carter. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and the, and the big one is Darius Rucker. We've, we've done several things with Darius. Oh, yeah. That's, cool. That's cool. Now do cool. you find, do you find Nashville's, and this is Dwayne from, we're from the good side, East central side, but anyway, yeah, Alan and I are an outnumbered again tonight. There's three, three Franklin and two Dearborn. So, but anyway, do you find Nashville starting to get crowded with, you know, everybody going to Nashville and Nashville being there, and, you know, making it harder, I guess, to make your mark, or is it, or you have you benefited because you were there before? That's a that's a really good question because it's it's a little of both. Um, it's there are a lot of folks coming here now. It's I, so in that respect, it's a lot harder now to sort of get your foot in the door you know poke your head up above the crowd so people can see you um because there's just so many people moving here to try to do the same things right you know and um so i am thankful that i've been here for a while however the other side of that is that the the business has also changed especially right. over the last couple of years and and everything and the my whole focus has been you know live music and concerts and all of a sudden that went away um yeah, it yeah. went away hard you know <laughs> like, yeah, we'll, like we'll, yesterday yeah, and, and then we'll yeah. talk about you growing your beard during that time as well oh yeah well yeah yeah exactly and um and then you know now there's a there's a real big shift to online you know having an online presence and um and and that's you know, you, my dad used to tell me growing up. One of his one of his favorite favorite sayings or things he would tell me all the time was, "Don't get too many irons in the fire." You know, and the the way I look at the music business now is, you have to have a hundred different irons and a hundred different fires, right? And you're and you're constantly stoking every single one of them. You know, 
And that's just it's, to stay relevant. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's, I, I think definitely. Yeah. So a lot of what's different now is you can self promote. Back, you know, in the eighties and nineties, you either got picked up and pushed by a record company or a label, or you just worked your butt off for to pay for your bills. Uh, now you can self promote yourself. You know, quite honestly, with online recording, uh, there's so many things you can do. But like Eddie said, it's just not one one outlet you got to promote yourself on. You got YouTube, you got Facebook, you got Instagram. You got Instagram. There's just so many different avenues that now, if you have the time to market, you can market yourself, which is phenomenal. Have you bought your Meta bar yet so you can start your concerts on Meta? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. See, that's the thing. In every single one of those, what people don't realize is every single one of those is a full-time job. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, I have I have a YouTube channel that's that I'm, I'm trying to do, but, you know, one of the downsides is, like, for example, a couple years ago, while we were touring heavily, I had this idea, you know, I'd start this YouTube channel, and I was going to give um, – you know, perspective from the road, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'll take a camera around while I'm on the road with Radney and, and, you know, we'll do the backstage and we'll do sound check. And I'll tell you what it's like to be a professional musician. Well, I was also road managing for Radney at the same time. And it, you can't do all of that. You can't film, you know, every con, you know, everything you're doing, you're actually working. You know? right. <laughs> so you can't go, wait a minute, let me set up this camera and then we'll have this conversation. <laughs> You know, um, so it it really is. Uh, it's a lot to try to juggle and do. So yes, you're right. You can self promote. I mean, I can. I, I've put albums out myself independently. They're on Spotify. They're on Apple. You know, um, you can go out and stream them. Uh, the downside is there are a million other people doing the exact same thing. Right. So at the same time, you've got to try to figure out how to get people's attention. Hey, go go listen to my record, you know. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a a, a different model than it was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Speaking of go listen to your record, pick a song off your album that you like us to play, and we're going to spin it, take a commercial break, and be right back. So, which song do you want everybody to hear first? Well, let's do um, let's do the single, the you know, let's do Dandelion. That was the song when the album came out. Um, I released "Dandelion" as as the first single, and um, the story behind that one was that I was able to get my friend Greg Martin, who plays guitar for the Kentucky Headhunters, to play on that track. So awesome, it, awesome! So for "Cross the Line" fifteen twenty four, I'm Alan Stanger with Dwayne Bischoff, Ruben Hunt. My Gardner. And our special guest. Eddie Heinzelman. And we're going to spin a little dandelion for you right here. Then we'll be right back. Around 
Golden hair falling on her snow white dress I knew I'd love her forever after our first kiss Were you ever mine and alive? She asked, what do you see? I said, out there's everything I want But right here is all I need She said, you'll spend your lifetime searching For answers you could find at home She kissed me deeply one more time In a moment she was gone
You know what goes with blues? Bourbon. And on April 30th, we've got a special night of bourbon. Mr. Stephen Fontaine from Limestone Branch Distillery will be in Brookville, Indiana at the VFW to do a special tasting. That's right, right here in Brookville, Indiana, Mr. Stephen Fonte. The guided tasting starts at 6 p.m., doors open at 5, and a meal follows. This is sponsored by Batesville Liquor Co., Tebby Liquor, Cross the Line 1524, and Let's Do a Tasting. Tickets are $35 for the tasting and the meal, or $10 just for the meal. You can get tickets at Tebby Liquor, Batesville Liquor Co., VFW Post 2014 in Brookville, Indiana, or on eventbrite.com. Tickets are going fast. We hope to see you all there April 30th at the Brookville VFW Post 2014 in Brookville, Indiana. We welcome Mr. Stephen Fonte from Limestone Branch Distillery. Get your tickets now. They're going fast. Can't wait to see you. Batesville Liquor Co., located at 315 Shopping Village in Batesville, Indiana, is your one-stop shop for all your alcohol needs. They've got wines, they've got seltzers, they've got beers, they've got vodka. Any spirit you could think of, they've got it. You want some Jim Beam? They've got it. You want some Hard Truth out of Nashville, Indiana? They've got it. Or maybe you're looking for some Michters? They've got it. Or maybe you're just a bush light guy. Guess what? They've got it. They run specials every week. They do tastings, wines, beers, seltzers. Did you say you're interested in barrel picks? They've got the biggest selection of barrel picks around. Barrels they've hand-selected themselves to share with you. Their newest one is the 1792 Single Barrel Select Pick. Especially for Batesville Liquor Co. in Batesville, Indiana. Get it what? Still there. Batesville Liquor Co. located at 315 Shopping Village in Batesville, Indiana. Or Tebby Liquors located on Main Street in Brookville, Indiana. Tell them to cross the line. 1524 Crew sent you. Gilman Home Centers with 14 locations in Indiana and Ohio. You know what? It's time for your lawn and garden needs, and they've got it. Be the envy of your own neighborhood. They've got seeds. they got plants. They have fertilizer and potting soils. Everything to get your garden started. Tool rails? Do you need a tiller? Or a mini excavator, maybe, depending on how big you're doing? They've got them. Check out Gilman Home Center's tool rental section. Last but not least, it's that time of year to start fishing. And check out their fishing supplies and get your fishing license. All at Gilman Home Centers, your one-stop shop for all your home improvement needs. Check them out at gilmanhomecenters.com for the nearest location to you. All right, we're back here with Cross the Line 1524. We've got our special guest, Mr. Eddie Heinzelman, on you. Just heard one of his tunes, Dandelion. And quite honestly, i got a lot of dandelions in the backyard right now <laughs> and the front yard. But that's a good thing. Dandelions are good, though. Yeah, the uh, you know the the whole impetus of that song came from a book. Um, 
And there's a there's an author from Virginia named Billy Coffey, and he wrote a book called Steal Away Home. And um, so if you get a chance, it, you know, go check out the book. But the whole song is sort of um, it's inspired by that book. And there are two characters in the book. There's a there's a guy who's a star baseball player. And then there's the girl, of course. And they're both from different sides of town. Um, and it, there was just this whole thing about it that struck me, you know, being from small town Brookville, being from uh, Mount Carmel, not Brookville proper, you know, so to speak. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it just, I played baseball, you know, in high school. So, I mean, there's just a lot of kind of parallels. Right. And, um, and then the, uh, what inspired it was these two, you know, the boy and the girl, they meet every day after school. And what happens is if they miss each other, they have this tree at the, you know, where they're supposed to meet. And if they, if they don't see each other, then she leaves him a, a small stack of rocks to let him know that she'd been there. And he leaves her dandelions. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. So where do you where I mean that I mean that's a, a great um, I guess association you had stuff stuff that remembered or reminded you of I guess growing up. But where do you get inspiration for songs? Is it just random things or or where's the, I guess maybe what's the strangest strangest way you came up with a song or an idea? Um, well, that's wow. There's a couple different questions in there. Um, <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> yeah. Number one, you know, you take it wherever you can find it. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, songwriting is a, is a, there's a process to it. And the, there is the sort of, everyone thinks of songwriting as kind of getting hit with the bolt of lightning of inspiration. And then you go write a song and that definitely happens. Um, other people think of it as sort of this almost like a radio that's constantly playing uh, above your head and you, you send your antenna up and tap into it and pull down an idea or something. You know, there's all kinds of ways to, to think about how songwriting works. Um, but yeah, it something has to strike me as interesting or uh, that, that there's a bit of a story. A lot of it does come from real life or, or partially real life, you know, especially the, the stuff that I write. Um, and I also tell people that all, all of my songs are true, even the stuff that I make up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I got to ask you, was there a Mary in your life? Because um, one of your songs is uh, <clears throat> Ode to Mary. Oh, yes, yes. Well, that is a, that is a real Mary. Uh, that is a songwriter named Mary Gaucher. And, um, and, I love Mary. She is, she's an amazing songwriter. Um, and that song came out of, we, we played a show together at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. And every single song she sang just, I mean, it just rips your heart out. And she throws it on the ground and she stomps on it, you know? And, <laughs> and I go, Oh my God. And then she'd play another one. And I go there, you know, and then, that one makes you cry and then that one makes you, you know it's it's just she's such a great writer and that's what i said to her after the show i said your songs are so good they make me cuss 
And she was like, what? <laughs> so a little insight. My wife's name is Mary. So oh. I, I queued your song up right to the part where it said, damn it, Mary. <laughs> oh. Yep. And, and here's the other great thing with that. When it came time to do the album, I had written this song and, you know, you never know. Um, and so I, I reached out to Mary Gaucher and I said, Hey, I want to, I want to send you this song. I said to listen to, I'm not trying to pitch it to you. I don't want to bother you. I said, I want to put this on my album, but I want your blessing. And I said, and if you don't like it, if you, you know, object to the way I'm approaching this, I said, then I'll, I'll never play this song for anybody in the world. Um, you know, and she sent me back a message. She said, I love it. And so, so yeah. Cool. Cool. So you have a very distinct style, I think, of guitar playing. I don't know if you've always had that style, but it's really a kind of, you're, at least this last album, it kind of almost has a, I don't want to say Black Crows feel to it, but a, a real Southern rock type of groove to it. So I know you have a distinct style of playing, but you also have your own effects pedal with your name on it. I do. I do, yeah. So well, talk to, uh, how, that, I mean, that's I'm a guitar player, so I, I I nerd out on that kind of stuff. So, how did that happen? Well, so I met I met Robert Keeley. Um, anybody who knows uh, guitar pedals, uh, Robert Keeley is sort of synonymous with uh, his his most famous pedal, so to speak, is the Keeley compressor, um, and virtually every especially country guitar player uses a compressor pedal of some kind, but not necessarily a Keeley. But um, I remember, you know, moving to Nashville and, and seeing Keeley compressors in the, in this display case at one of the stores here in town. And, and I was like, man, one of these days I'm going to have one of those when I can afford one, you know? Um, and I played, a, I played a show with um, Billy Yates used to do this show called the countryest of the country. And it's sort of a, a Opry style show again, where I would be the band leader. We'd have the band and then all these different artists would come up and sing. And I had posted a picture of my uh, pedal board online. And this was probably 2010 or 11 or something like that. And, and Robert messaged me and he says, I don't see any Keeley pedals on your board. And I said, well, we need to, you know, we need to do something about that. And, and, and he sent me two pedals, just sent them to me. He said, here, I want you to take, you know, whatever that one is, I want you to replace it with this, and I want you to replace that one with this and see if you like them. And, and I did. I was like, of course, I, you know, I, I loved them, but they did sound better, you know. And I was like, yeah, I really like these. And so that started this friendship and this relationship with Keeley. Um, and, and then, I, you know, I'd call Robert. You know, when you say about the Black Crows, that's definitely true. And, and the, the Southern Rock thing. I mean, I've played all these different styles of music and it all sort of blends together. But, you know, I, I grew up listening to country and playing in country bands, but also playing in hard rock and metal bands. And so when you put those together, you know, you kind of have this countrified rock thing that I do. And um, I called Robert and I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a fuzz pedal. And, and we talked for a long time. Well, then, uh, I can't remember the year now, at NAMM, he had come out with a with a new 
tremolo reverb pedal. And he called me and he says, I want you to, or at NAMM, he gave me one. He says, I want you to take this and test it and see what you think. And I tested it and I gave it back to him. And I said, hey, you know, here's a couple things that I found with it. And so he tweaked it a little bit. And he goes, I said, you know what would really be cool is if we could add this vibrato to it. And so that became what's what we refer to as Mac mode. And it's named after basically after Lonnie Mac, right? Um, Lonnie's one of my heroes, and he's from Aurora, Indiana. Absolutely, and, yeah. And, um, you know, uh, and, and by the way, he just, uh, yesterday was the anniversary of his death, uh, six years ago. So I've, I've been spending quite a bit of time listening to Lonnie again the last few days. And uh, the this whole thing with Keeley developed into, okay, refining this Mac mode and what, what do you use most often? Long story short, Radney and I were playing in Oklahoma City. I flew up there a couple days early uh, and spent two days in Robert's shop, mainly just to hang out and see his shop and meet all the crew and everything. And while we're sitting there, he was like, you know, let's, let's talk about doing a, a pedal, a signature pedal. I was like, I was blown away. And so um, so we did what, what we refer to as the Verbo Trim, which is tremolo and vibrato and reverb. <laughs> it's kind of like having a... You it's know, like having a pedal board in one pedal. Right, right. It's, it's got all these different options on one pedal. Uh, it's kind of your... what If you're playing into like a Fender amp, you know, it has reverb and tremolo on it. So you have all of this on one pedal, and uh, and right now it's it's in its it's going into its fourth year of production. So pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah. Stuff. So we're gonna take another break, but not before you pick another song for us to spin. Oh man. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Let's since we're we're talking hometown stuff. Um, there's a song on the album called "The Heart Knows What It Needs," and um, and again you want to know where inspiration comes from i i have no idea why i wrote this the way i did but when i was growing up there in franklin county i grew up on a farm and we used to raise tobacco and uh every year you know we'd uh cut the tobacco and hang it in our barn you know and then in the dead of winter it never failed it was the whatever the <laughs> coldest day strip it. Yep. time yeah, starts stripping whatever the coldest day of the winter was, you would start stripping that tobacco and bailing it. And then, and then we would have to take it to Kentucky to sell it. Yep. Yep. Right. And we would, and we would go across the Anderson ferry across the river yep. down there, you know, in Anderson Cleves area. Yep. And so doing this album, um, I basically wrote this song about, you know, taking the ferry across the river. Cool. Cool. That's some cool stuff. So a little Eddie Heinzelman here for you. We'll be right back with Cross the Line, 1524.
country music now in Nashville, Tennessee. Chasing fame and fortune and a dream as big as Texas. But the heart knows what it needs. I walk to the cafe to get a cup of coffee. Saw the prettiest waitress there that I'd ever seen. I asked her about the captain. She said, Well, I ain't seen him. Tired of hearing the same old songs over and over on the radio every single hour? The same tune? Well, it's time for something different. Check out Hometown Radio USA, the best independent music, hits from yesterday, hits from today, podcasts, and so much more. Hometown Radio USA, you can find it on the web at www.hometownradiousa.com or at the App Store or on Google Play. Hometown Radio USA, reimagining radio and coming to you in your hometown. Looking for a Hyson side-by-side or ATV? 
How about a youth model Tau Tau quad or dirt bike? Stop by Hoosier Power Sports at 7892 Schumann Road in St. Leon, Indiana, or visit our website at HoosierPowerSports.com for the latest inventory. We are the Tri-State's largest Hyson and Tau Tau sales and service center with a large selection in stock all the time. Don't shop the other guys who just want you to leave a deposit and maybe you'll get a side-by-side sometime this year. We've got plenty in stock all the time. Hoosier Power Sports at 7892 Schumann Road in St. Leon, Indiana, or visit our website at HoosierPowerSports.com. Did you know that beef jerky is packed with protein and is considered a healthy snack? Check out Stanger Sugar Shack Gourmet Beef Jerky. 100% pure beef with no fillers or additive. MSG-free and most flavors are gluten-free. If you're eating jerky that has a reddish tint to it, give us a try and see what gourmet jerky tastes like. Our cuts of meat are from the brisket, not ground up, not processed, pure 100% beef. Our flavors include maple pepper, our original lakeside brisket. We have ghost pepper flavor. We have blazing beef sriracha flavor. Gotta try our speakeasy bourbon, our campfire barbecue, and our totally teriyaki flavor. Our favorite though is our old fashioned maple bacon jerky. That's right, we have maple bacon jerky. You can find all of our jerky at all the Gilman Home Center stores throughout Indiana and Ohio, at the Easy Stop Fuel Mart, State Route 46 in St. Leon, Indiana, and of course online at StangerSugarShack.com. Use discount code 1524 to receive a special 10% discount on any online order. Stanger Sugar Shack Gourmet Jerky, what jerky should be. All right, we're back here with Cross the Line 1524. I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. Ruben Hunt. Mike Gardner. And we're missing the one and only, the word, word. Jeff Montag. No he's word. unavailable at the moment. We hate to t- say it, but he's actually working. Yeah. He's at his real guy. job. <laughs> it's Saturday night and he's working. And on the phone, we have the one and only Mr. Eddie Heinzelman. So off the air, I made the mistake of starting to ask him a question. And I said, stop. We got to record this. So uh, many years ago, when I was playing music, uh, I played uh, down in Aurora, a place called Club Dallas. Club the Horse. Uh, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of other names for it too. So you know the the bull that's at Bobby Mackey's actually came from Club Dallas. Did it really? Mechanical bull, yeah. Uh, so I was asking Eddie if he played down there. So Eddie, let's, let's hear you know from the time you went to college to Nashville. What, what all did you do? Yeah, so so actually, uh, you know, I graduated in 93. Uh, I, yeah, we're going to backtrack a little bit. So yeah. I graduated in, in 93, and it was also the same year, 93. Uh, my brother and I formed a new country band around Cincinnati called Durango. You know what? You and I know each other. Absolutely. I, I played in the hollow. It was called Maker Hollow. So Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm putting this all, I'm just now putting two and two together now. Heck Alan's yeah. A little, Alan's a little slow. So you <laughs> I'm slow, yeah. <laughs> That'd be your brother John, right? That would be my brother John. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You had long hair and back then, though. It seemed like, or am I? I did. Yeah. I had really long hair. You had yeah. long hair. I did too. Yeah. I you had I hair, had, Alan. I had, a, <laughs> I had a mullet back then. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is all coming back to me. When you said Durango, I'm like, well, I know these guys. So yeah. It's yeah. Small world. Yeah. So, we all played that scene down there. Yeah. So, so '93, we we formed Durango, and we played down in Aurora. We Tiffany's. Played, uh, Tiffany's. Yeah, Actually, Tiffany's. We played yeah. Club Dallas and we played Tiffany's. We played Tiffany's more than Club Dallas, though. We did. Um, we went back and forth between yeah. the two, quite honestly. And then you guys, yeah. you guys played a bunch out at the Texas Two Step. I thought out in 
I was thinking yeah, out in Alexandria. Ale- yeah. Alexandria, because we filled in a couple gigs for you guys were on vacation or something, and you. Co- uh, this is a small world. It's all I'm, my memory's coming <laughs> I was back now. Flashbacks. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, we had we were actually the house band out there yeah. for almost two years. Yeah. But yeah, you know, Danny Frazier had the River Saloon. They, uh, you know, they were down on the river. We were out in Alexandria. There was uh, oh man, what's Listerman's Loft? Oh yeah, remember Listerman's? Um, we would play there. Um, so did you then, do uh, Coyotes when they were? Oh, uh, yeah. Coyotes. And, coyotes. and what was the place in Mount Healthy? Silver Saddle. Silver Saddle. Oh, yeah. 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 Silver Saddle. Yeah. Oh, uh, you guys are bringing back memories now. Yeah, Holy really. Cow. And I can't remember the club. What was the club where the Guitar Center is or used to be over there? In Fairfield. Forest, at Forest Fair Mall. They opened it up. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what the name of that club was I, now. It didn't last that long. No, no. But yeah. we played there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we you know we played around. We did the UBE WUBE Battle of the Bands. Um, we did, and, we did uh, too, <laughs> just different just years. Something yeah, different yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Cool. So wow. we got to you know we got to do stuff with we we played Taste of Cincinnati and Chili Fest and yeah. you know did all of that stuff and it was that's really what kind of also preempted the move to Nashville. So I moved to Nashville in 1996. So Durango only lasted three or four years because at the time. We we went to Nashville. You might have filled in for us because we went to Nashville to record an I think, album. I think that's what it was. And yeah. uh, and we we recorded a little EP, like a six song EP, and it got picked up by CMT, um, and was included in a couple of their line dance instruction videos. Um, and so that's sort of what started the wheels rolling. And uh, and John and I moved separately, but we moved to Nashville. And, uh, you know, we didn't necessarily move here to keep Durango going, uh, but we moved here to, to write and perform. And then uh, uh, he ended up moving back to, to Cincinnati and I, I stayed. So Cool. Cool. Yeah, that brings up, I mean, that's that was the heyday of the new country, quite yeah, honestly. Right. It was it was a blast. We went to a lot of places to, look, to listen to this. So it's funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I asked some of that stuff was winding down because that's when Mothers Against Drunk Drivers was coming out yeah. hard. A bunch of these places were closing. So when I was playing with the Hollow or Maker Hollow, yep. uh, we have the distinct uh, honor of being the last band to play at uh, Silver Saddle before they closed yeah. it. Last band to play at Coyotes before they closed it. Wow. So <laughs> Was that an omen that maybe you guys were? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that might have been. <laughs> Nobody wanted to book them no more. What the heck? Yeah, Yeah, so you know they opened Tiffany's back up in Aurora, so it's still it's it's upstairs, and they have the Jay Miller Steakhouse downstairs now. Uh, So they got got it rolling again. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, still got to carry your gig up three flights of steps. So isn't that where they have a big New Year's Eve? Yeah, big New Year's Eve ball there. Yep. That was yeah. That was that load in was was rough at Tiffany's. Load out went um, fast, depending on, you know, how many steps yeah. you missed going down. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, literally, I were. forget how many steps. There was like twenty some steps. I mean, it was oh, at least straight yeah, up. It was, wow. it was crazy. Um, I, I'll tell you what the the worst fight I ever saw at a bar was at Tiffany's, <laughs> and it was and it was women. <laughs> I was just going to say, was it two girls? That's, awesome. oh, That's usually the way it goes. I always we, thought there'd be a fight upstairs on the balcony and somebody would fall off. That was always yeah. my thing. Like, man, it's a cool place. So it was an old dance hall yep. from way back when. Yeah. 
I mean, it was all tin, original, man. And the tin roof, the the, the tin, tin ceiling, plates on yeah, the, yeah, the ceiling, yeah, yeah. It was that was a cool place. Wow, bring back memories. <laughs> I'm sidetracked now. Walk down the old yeah. yeah, So does John still play? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I last weekend I came up. Um, uh, I came up and played with him. He's still together with some friends from from high school. Um, uh, Ronnie Getz. Oh yeah, I don't know if you remember yeah. Ronnie. Yep, from Brookville. Yep, uh, sure so did. it's John and Ronnie, and then Andy Andy Bischoff, who was the bass player that my brother John and I played yeah. with when I was a teenager. Um, so they have a little group, um, and they play like you know the Legion and stuff. So we played at the American Legion Harrison, and then we played the Friendship Tavern last That's weekend. That's where I, I saw okay. that ad. That's yeah, where I, I did. I, did I, I saw, saw that, that too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Cool. Huh. So. <laughs> So you're coming up here uh, in a couple weeks to Metamore, Indiana, for the Columbia Street Music Project. So, are you bringing a band up with you? Just going to be you, a three piece, uh, two gonna, piece? I, you know, I wish I could bring a band. It's just going to be me. So it's just going to be solo this time. Cool. cool. Um, hopefully next time, you know, if we if if Cat uh, will have me back, we can we can do it where I can bring a band. Um, yeah, I mean they're just but, kicking uh, it off. It's yeah. it's a great. I was I actually stopped in Metamore today. And the place was packed. I, I was shocked. That's good. Uh, so hopefully that just continues to, to work that way and roll that way. Are you playing yeah. at third place any this year in Brookville? No, I, I don't have anything at third place. You know, I was I was scheduled to play at third place right before COVID hit. Right. Um, and ended up having to cancel because I got, I got sick. Um, I didn't get COVID, but... Um, I got I got sick and then and my doctor was like you know this thing's coming you can't you can't travel anymore and then literally a week later everything shut down anyway so um, so I talked to him about trying to book again but one of the things with one of the challenges I have is you know working with Radney who's a who's a touring musician and then trying to do my own stuff right like third place wants to book way out right right six or seven months out. And and Radney typically books three or four months out, and so uh, I have a hard time going. You know, yeah, you don't want to book something, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I can't commit too far out until I know for sure that 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 weekend is open. You know, so so that's been the challenge trying to get back in there. So to change the topic a little bit, so we're sitting around a speakeasy bar having some bourbon. So I told Eddie that, and he goes, "Well, I'm really a tequila guy." <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> so, what kind of tequila do you like, Eddie? Well, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and and it's hard to find, of course, because it, it's different. Uh, Cabo Wabo, Sammy Hagar's brand, yeah, yeah. Sammy Before he, he sold it off, but, to be, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Then he sold it. Now he started another. He started another one. And I can't remember what it's called. It's with Guy Fier- he and Guy Fierro own the other Correct. brand. Correct. Uh, uh, yeah, and I haven't tried that one yet. Yeah, but I, yeah. I'm a, I'm, I'm still a fan of Cabo when I can get it. You know, he was. Yeah, I don't, I'm sure being a musician, you know the story. He offered shares of Cabo to Van Halen, and they laughed at him. Well, he's the one that had the last laugh when he sold the place. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, man, absolutely. So, so Eddie, this is Mike. I own two liquor stores. I own Hemby's and Batesville Liquor, which you've probably not seen, but. Uh, I should be able to figure that out for you. <laughs> yeah, we got the liquor connoisseurs here. I was yeah. say, if, uh, you know. And I know John, by the way. We went to school together. Oh, yeah. Well, so, it so, kind of shocks me because I don't, I kind of remember John playing 
yep. in a band, yep. but it's been a long time ago. <laughs> so, well, okay, so so the, Santos. the first thing, Santos, Santos, right. Santos. Yeah. Santos, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the first thing with John was John used to play with Jeff Calhoun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They so they played in high school, yeah. and Jeff Jeff's a little younger than John, I think. Yeah. But yeah, a little. Um, bit. Yeah, he was with me. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, uh, let's see. So they had a thing going like during high school, and then right after high school, that's when I started playing with John and Andy Bischoff, and and we had some other folks around um, the Cleves Harrison area that we worked with, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so David Mobley on drums and okay. Frankie Black and you know just you know yeah I remember David yeah 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 <clears throat> but I'm a little older than you are Dave so. Dave Mobley the one that passed a little over a year ago yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah. yeah he's married to Angie Gazelle yeah 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 exactly yeah. and and he was actually married to to my uh, my other cousin Tammy before Angie okay. so wow okay okay. Yeah. I, I remember, yeah, I was thinking Jeff Calhoun's uh, one of the bowling boys, too, and Snook Nobby and a couple of those guys. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. So we got bad news for you, Eddie. So when you're up at Metamore, uh, we're going to be there, too, podcasting. So. <laughs> yeah, more it, the merrier, man. Yeah, if I, if I can work it out, we may have a bottle of Santos there for you. How's that sound? Ooh, well. Yeah, that, I bet we'll get you really on the nice. podcast we again. Yeah, we know <laughs> people. Go. We know people. Yeah, that sounds really nice. Yeah, what version? Do you what like, version of Santos do you like? Uh, well, I haven't, I haven't tried Santos. So, oh, he hasn't um, tried it yet. Uh-oh. Hasn't tried it. So you have to surprise he's still, me. He's a Cabo Wabo guy, actually. Yeah, I'm typically a Reposado. So okay, okay. all right. Yeah, now I know. Something will happen. I would pretty much bet on. <laughs> so you don't need you to know, bring that. Yeah, don't bring <laughs> it. Man. We got you covered. Yeah, we'll take yeah, care you know, of that. I, the whole thing is, is that I like, um, you know, Huradura, uh, Cabo. Um, what's the? Is it? Uh, I can never remember until I see it. Whether it's Don Eduardo or Don Julio. Don Julio. Julio. Don Julio. Yeah, Don Julio's good. Um, you know. I, that's our top shelf tequila here. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I, I won't say what I'm not a fan of. So there you go. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. So anything else we want to tell people about your your career and and uh, you know it's going to be great having you up here in a couple of weeks and and that's going to be May 14th. May 14th. May 14th. Metamore, Indiana. Yeah, it's May 14th. Um, I'm really excited. You know, Kat reached out to me and, and asked me if I would play, and, and uh, you know, I'm happy to. I, I came up and played uh, the Cat and the Fiddle um, a few years ago, and, and that was really, really fun and did really well. Um, I'm trying to get back into the area a little bit more to play, um, you know, again, scheduling-wise. And then what people don't realize is a lot of times that, you know, just the logistics and, and – kind of the expense and that's part of the problem of, of bringing a band around right. you know yeah is is the cost and that's not getting any cheaper no <laughs> no 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 not at all and so i've sort of i've sort of adopted the the radney model a little bit and i'm trying to work this out like you know we have um we li- radney lives here in nashville uh, as well and and so we have a, a band you know in nashville but there are also guys uh and gals in austin and so when we play a lot in Texas, so we'll fly to Texas and we'll use the Austin players and we'll tour, you know, Dallas and, and 
go out to West Texas and all that other place. Um, when we hit the East Coast, we'll use the Nashville, you know, folks because it's it's just closer, right? right. Logistics. And so that's what I'm. That's that's sort of what I'm trying to do too. I've got I've got uh, friends down in Austin. I've got friends here in Nashville, um, and I'm you know trying to talk to some folks around Cincinnati. Going, hey, if I come up to Cincinnati, will, will you guys be my band? And it would just you know make yeah. it so that we could all get paid and not spend the money on you know gas and right, right. gas and lodging <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. right exactly well send me i'd rather rather give you the money than you know than than uh you know the hotel well send me your charge and i'll see what i can do for you <laughs> all right <laughs> well you'll have to come back in the fall because we got the rubathon or we have if we've officially named that there's nothing official about it <laughs> Honathon 2022. Honathon 2022 yeah, you, in Matamora. Yeah, so, you, you'll learn that if you listen to these podcasts. I'm the one that's always getting shot at here. <laughs> He's the guy in the barrel. So Kat and her husband own a, a, what is considered one of the most haunted houses in Metamore. And we're going to have Ruben spend the night spend the night halloween weekend well we got to raise nice. money you got to donate yeah. no, money it was, to keep it was supposed it. to be a night now he says weekend <laughs> right right we're going as long as we can as long as, as, as long depends on how much money, money we get raised as long as it takes right as long exactly. as we're making money you, these guys i can guarantee you're going to make money because i'm going to contribute and we'll need some music playing outside to entertain yeah, all the people watching so you won't need much because oh, yeah. you're here's what you're going to hear <laughs> Well, <laughs> I, I tell you, thank you for taking time out, and I know you got to rest your voice. You're headed to Texas this week, is that right, playing? Yeah, yeah. Tuesday, fly to Texas, and we've got. Uh, I think we've got four shows this this next week. So um, we're playing a, a thing called Larry Joe Taylor Fest, which is a, a huge festival. It's a week long festival in, in Texas, um, and then we're playing a couple theaters, and um, uh, and then let's see, that's. Yeah, so that's all next week. Wow. Cool, cool. So for our listeners, if you want to hear more of Eddie's music, he's got it on Apple Music, Spotify, all that good kind of stuff. We're spinning it on uh, our independent station, Hometown Radio USA, uh, so you can hear him on there. In fact, we'll air this interview on there as well. And then, uh, Eddie, pick our closing song here. You want everybody to hear. Well, if if we're going to do that, we'll finish off with the title track, uh, Wherever You Go. Um, one of the things that I started doing, uh, I had this idea as my, I've got two daughters and as they were finishing high school and getting ready to go off, you know, into college and, and sort of pursue their future. Um, I had this idea of that as the father, you know, as their father, um, you know, my love travels with them, you know, wherever they go. Right. Right. And I took this idea to Radney because I was like, you know, I think this is really good. I'm not sure, you know, how to write it. And uh, at the same time, he's got he had uh, kids who were in high school. And so we wrote the song together, uh, which, again, is a real thrill that um, that he was part of this with me. And um, it just uh, now I typically finish my shows with this song and that's the sentiment that i tell my audience as well i tell the story about my daughters but um i think the song takes on a, a has taken on a bigger thing than being about kids necessarily or my kids it's about anybody who's chasing their dreams or 
pursuing something they're uncertain about. And I, and I tell my audience at the end of every night, I said, you know, when you leave here, you can take my love with you wherever you go. So I got to tell you, that's my favorite track. I mean, you got you got a lot of good tunes. That's my favorite track. I think musically, I love it. You got the Heyman B three in the background, and it's just this is a song. If if you ever heard the Black Crows, you're really going to hear <laughs> that influence on Eddie and this tune right here. So for Cross the Line fifteen twenty four, I'm Alan Stanger with Dwayne Bischoff, Ruben Hunts, Mike Gardner, and our special guest Eddie Heinzelman. And uh, here you go, a little wherever you go.
What a great night we had at the Speakeasy, uh, interviewing Eddie Heinzelman from Nashville, Tennessee. He called in, and uh, it's great to see you know a hometown guy actually do good in Nashville. It was kind of funny because you know my memory gets a little discombobulated sometimes. I actually knew Eddie from my playing days uh, in the '90s, so it's pretty cool stuff. I'm looking forward to catching up with him on May 14th. That's when the Columbia Street Music District opens up in Metamore, Indiana. It all starts at 4:30. Uh, a $10 wristband gets you into all the stages uh, with all the musicians. So it's come on out, mark your calendars now. It's May 14th in Metamore, Indiana. It's the Columbia Street Music District. It's going to be a great, great music event featuring the headliner who we just got done talking to, Mr. Eddie Heinzelman. I will post the links to Eddie's Facebook page, Eddie's uh, YouTube page, all that good kind of stuff on our page, so you can check him out. Uh, he's got some great stuff out there, uh, and you got to check his beard out from the COVID days. So for Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, I'm Alan Stanger, and you've been listening to Cross the Line 1524. And as an added bonus, I'm going to spend one more of Eddie's tunes in lieu of our usual closing song. Sit back, relax, and a little more, Eddie Heinzelman. Seems like I hustle and I struggle every single day. Can't count the white lines and broken dreams scattered on the way. I've been lower than low. High as a kite Giving sweat, blood, and tears Underneath the spotlight And the road never ends It goes on and on I have to leave when it calls For the sake of a song It's who I am Not just what I do And the same road
sometimes I lose my mind Cause I can't stand the thought of leaving you behind In some hotel room, too tired to sleep Back in your loving arms is where 